1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a special interview for everyone. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Also, you can head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to youtube.com slash Attacking Third so you never miss a thing on today's episode, we are joined by Maria Guadalupe Sanchez Morales, Mexican international, and now back in the NWSL with Houston Dash. Maria, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about the, the journey back to the NWSL. I'm playing for Houston Dash now um, on a two-year deal. So, uh, yeah, excited to to talk all about it.
1: Love it. Let's jump into that. Uh, congratulations are in order. Excited to have your return to the NWSL. You are joining Houston on a two-year contract. Let's dive in a little bit, if you'd like. Let's talk a little bit about, about the deal, uh, about the process to to make your return to NWSL. How did this all come about for you?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, 2019, I get uh, drafted to Chicago Red Stars. Um, my, first, my first season in the NWSL was with Chicago, and, you know, it was, it was a rough year for me, so I decided to, to make a move to Mexico. Um, I was there for two years. I tried to, to, to go back to the NWSL um, last year for, for 2021, um, but unfortunately, my rights were, were still held by Chicago Red Stars, so I couldn't um, quite get back there. Um, and 2021, around April, uh, Houston Dash acquires my rights. Um, and the, the summer loan happens. So I was, I was in, uh, Houston for one month, I uh, got to really try it out to see how, how that was, um, the competitiveness that I, that I love, uh, was, was obviously there and, the level of, of competition of the MWSL, the level, the level of, of, of play was something that I'm, that I was looking for, um, that I am looking for. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to be back finally for, for two years now. So, um, it won't just be a, a little short month. Now I'm, now I'm here for a good time.
0: Yeah. a real full chunk of, of a season and with the team, you got a taste with the Houston dash last summer, you played in a few games, even notched a goal with them. Um, but now you get to return to Houston, knowing that you have, more time than just one month. What is it about you as a player on the pitch that works and fits in with Houston?
2: Um, I think, I mean, the, the, the team is, is great. I think I have a lot of support from the coaching staff and from the players. Um, I think they make me feel at home and, and they motivate me, um, to try my best out there. So I think uh, at least when I was there in June, that helped me a lot and it, it helped me grow confidence and and show me that I could really compete, um, in the league. And, and like you said, it was nice scoring, uh, finally getting a goal. And cause I know it usually, um, uh, if I don't do that, uh, coming into a, a new season with a new team, it, it kind of makes me struggle mentally. So I'm glad I was able to, to get that done in, in June on my loan with Houston and, you know, have that, have that confidence from my teammates and coaching staff.
1: I want to chat a little bit more about Liga MX Femenil. I know it's, it's behind you and you're into this phase of your next journey, but you were formerly with, with the Liga Femenil, uh, you know, helping them get to league finals multiple times, including just this past year at the end of 2021, scoring, you know, five goals, three games, how the experience uh, for you playing in Liga MX Femenil, Karna, going from, Uh, that first rookie year, right, in NWSL, making nine appearances, right, kind of having a a more of a a depth role, right, Um, and even making an appearance in an NWSL championship final, and then going to Liga MX Feminino. What was that particular experience like? What was it going, what was it like going from a league like NWSL to Liga MX Feminino?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of different. Um, The, the Liga MX at that time had I think it was going to be on its third year. Um, it was still kind of uh, struggling for some teams. You know, they didn't have as many, as much support as other teams uh, when it comes to investing in players and buying players. Um, just, you know, kind of the the professionalism sometimes uh, lacked. But um, I think overall, uh, what I was, what I started seeing and, you know, kind of becoming a part of it, I tried to kind of help and given my input from, from a league like the NWSL, um, to the, to the Mexican league, because, you know, obviously, uh, NWSL holds the Olympic champions, the world's cup champions. So it was, a uh, uh, I think I learned a lot, even though I didn't play much, uh, I think I learned a lot that I, that I was able to bring into the Mexican league. Um, obviously this, this last year I was with Tigres Manil and I think their, their investment in women's soccer is incredible. Um, they just announced yesterday, the new stadium with exclusive locker rooms for the women's, uh, for the women's team. So I think, um, I've seen a lot of growth in, you know, now it's, it's on its fifth year and, and I'm excited to see what's coming. You know, obviously there's, there's some things that fall behind and unfortunately don't have the professionalism or the, the support they need from, from the institution, but, Um, I'm happy to see a lot of teams, you know, uh, taking it more serious and investing in it because uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting to be a part of
0: that. You took the transition from uh, playing in the NWSL and Chicago to Mexico, and it was smooth, seamless. You took that transition in stride, and you were able to experience a lot there, like you just mentioned, and, and the growth of the league. And now returning to the NWSL, are you are you tapping back into those memories of when you were drafted and, and being in the league before? Or are you kind of wiping that slate clean and trying to uh, create new experiences and taking with you from Liga MAXA into the NWSL?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I had a a tough first year. So I mean, I'm going to take uh, that experience and, you know, obviously grow from it and, and hopefully learn from it a lot. Because I think that's what I've taken these last couple years, but I'm hoping to get to Houston and and start something new. Um, start a, a, a new Maria Sanchez name in the end of your cell, and and hopefully you know I'm I'm representing that I was in the Mexican league a couple of years, and hopefully showing that um, that we're good in Mexico too. So <laughs> so
1: yeah, <laughs> right on. I uh you know this...
2: okay.
0: Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: there's a ton to look forward to right in 2022 as as the year progresses for for you personally obviously we're celebrating the return to to NWSL but there's also like uh you know your time with the selection right the CONCACAF qualifiers are on the horizon and uh 2023 is a lot closer than probably people anticipate um For those of us who have followed right the team for a long time, we know that you know Mexico was unfortunately eliminated during the previous qualifiers, right? So for you, what's what's the energy like heading into 2022 with the international team ahead of the 2023
2: World Cup? Yeah, I mean I've seen a a big change. I I mean I think we've had three different coaches the past three four years, so it's it's been rough. It's been a rough transition. Um, So. I think the the growth I've seen just last year um, uh, obviously it was a, a tough start. We, we competed with teams like Japan, the U S um, and, and at the end Canada. But I think from, from where we started the year um, in January, February, last year to uh, where we're, where we were at in November, I think was a tremendous change. So hopefully, you know, we come from a big upset of not making the World's Cup. Um, and and hopefully this time around we've we've learned from it. We've grown a lot incredibly. So I see a, a great energy, I see a, a big difference, I see a lot of growth in, in the Mexican
0: national team that hopefully can can get us to the next World Cup lots of growth, lots of learning from previous experiences and and maybe even mistakes. And you've personally experienced a lot of that, playing in qualifiers, playing in a World Cup. But for you personally, what is one thing uh, that you are doing to prepare differently at the international level in 2023 compared to 2019?
2: Yeah, I think uh, personally, just the confidence. I think I've worked a lot on my confidence um, before, you know, it was a big change for me to go from even just college to now being on a league where your idols are playing, where World Cup champions are playing. So for me, it was kind of like, are you are you good enough? Um, but now I think the the growth I've had in the last couple of years here in Mexico and, and obviously the the month I had in Houston, I think have you give, given me a lot of confidence and i think that's the key for for me individually that has made me change and that has um made me the player that i'm becoming um i think for me it's just confidence
1: i love that you know i yeah. want to talk a little bit more about that announcement that that video that came out with with Houston announcing like your arrival on the contract was was epic i loved every second of it and in in the video you talk about you know, you talk. You have like this narrative like this narration, and you're talking about returning to the league, right? And returning to NWSL and referring to the league as like the league of your dreams. So, yeah. Why Why do you like refer to it as as such? And and why is it important, uh, you know, for for you to to play here and excel here in this league?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think just generally we have a little representation of of Mexican players in the NWSL. Um, I think for a lot of players, at least what I, what I experienced here in Mexico, it's always the European dream. Um, they want to go play in Europe. And for me, you know, being in the NWSL and and watching the games and watching the league, uh, for me, I mean, it's the most competitive league in the world. And I think that's what makes it really hard for players. Um, and especially for Mexican soccer players, the last, the last years, um, I mean, since, since the league started. I think it's, it's been tough and I, I, for me, it's, it's my dream to kind of show and represent Mexico at, in the NWSL, because I don't think it's happened really before. And, and that's why it's, it's so important to me. And that's why it's, it's my dream.
0: Maria, so we talked a lot about your little stint with Houston this summer and and your limited minutes with Chicago right when you were drafted. I'm going to test your confidence right now. I want you to just ooze confidence for fans that aren't familiar with you in the NWSL and your style of games. What are the three biggest things that you bring to the pitch?
2: Um, I think Uh, the three biggest things. Okay. I think I can be great at assisting. Um, I think for me, uh, personally, you know, it's exciting to score, but I think I get more excited when I'm able to give off an assist. Um, I, I think another thing that's really important is that I'm left footed. Uh, I think that's, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to to have because, not a lot of players are left footed. And, and I think that's what sometimes teams are looking for. And unfortunately, uh, you know, that's what Houston uh, was looking for in me and, and is really excited about. So I think my left foot and then just my style of play, I think I, I like to make the crowd scream. I like to get them excited. You know, I like to Meg a lot. So, <laughs> um, so I think that that will help. Um at least with a spectator uh, watching the game that hopefully I can, I can get them excited with my style of play and, and hopefully, you know, assist off of that and get, get a couple megs too.
0: A few megs, some fancy skills, some left-footed assists thrown into the mix. We will have you oozing confidence. Own it. Own your skills. Own what you do. Uh, I'm pumped to watch it happen. So some left-footed <laughs> megs and assists. We'll see it all. The crowd will be going wild. I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here for it, too. Even just the little uh, that I got to see just watching your rookie You're here, I was like, this is it. This is what the NWSL needs right here. It's important. Uh, and, and maybe I want to maybe step back to that a little bit where you're chatting a little bit about, um, you know, representation. Right. We, we hear a lot about that in this league. And even with your limited time here initially in your rookie season, but that was something that resonated with with fans that even themselves sort of felt underrepresented. Right. In this in this league a little bit, that even having a rookie coming in that this was someone that they looked at and they connected with immediately, right? Uh, But for, you can maybe elaborate on that a little bit more because it's maybe you and I have talked off mic before, you know, and chatted a little bit about the importance of that, but not just the importance of like having representation on a roster, but also like uh, diversity of like, in terms of play and style. Um, And I love that that is something that is, uh, that that's something that is of equal importance to you. So in terms of, of nwsl right and then fitting into uh what people can com- con- consider players have said it like a very physical league what is it about uh this league that and this style of play that you have maybe tried to adapt and work in into your own uh style of play
2: yeah i think the physicality um the, the nwsl in general i think a lot of players have have noticed how different physically it is i think it's something that I could learn to adapt myself um, and have a little bit of both you know have a little bit of skill and and fancy footwork but also be able to get back and defend and and be able to to get used to the transitions. I think that's something that's going to be big in my career and that hopefully I can get adapted to quickly um because I also think it would be important for Mexican soccer um we we sometimes lack that. Uh, sometimes we've we've noticed it in international matches where we could hang on to teams for quite a bit with just our technicality and and movements. But I think uh, something we lack is is that physicality, that aggressiveness. And and I think hopefully uh, me being in in Houston and the and the NWSL, I'll be able to uh, hang on to that and and take it back to our trainings in Mexico and hopefully start growing uh, with Mexico on on that on that aspect.
1: I love it. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to cover it. You know, whenever we have interviews on Attacking Third, Maria, we always try to close out interviews with like, a little bit of fun. And I was so excited to get you on because I'm like, I'm pretty sure this might be the only time on or at least the first time on Attacking there where we could talk a little bit about about uh, like Mexican culturisms. And I'm excited to chat about that with you. But we're getting you on like in January. So it's like po- we're like post holidays, right? We're post Christmas, you know, Tres Reyes. We did Happy New Year. So in, in the little bit of off season that you had, what were some of the uh, some of the things that you enjoyed in terms of uh, the holidays or some of the family traditions that you enjoyed uh, during the holidays?
2: Um, I mean, I think Christmas, uh, Christmas is a big one in, in my house. I think it's, it's the time where, um, all of my family unites, um, we play music, we have tamales, um, we're able to, we stay up till, till midnight to open presents. So I think that's, that's a very Mexican traditional, uh, Christmas is not Eve, right? <laughs> we got to let them know.
1: <laughs> yep. yeah.
2: <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, I mean, just, and the food, the food, I can't explain to you how, how good it is. So I think, you know, fortunately, my parents are still very, um, tied with the, with the Mexican culture and I'm still able to go home and have that Mexican food. But I mean, it is something that I'll miss from Mexico is is the the traditions and the the food and, and everything and the the passion that the, the the fans have I mean I guess you guys have seen some of the the stadium sellouts and and how crazy the people get and um and yeah I think that'll be that was that's what that's what I'll miss the most <laughs>
0: Maria, the, the tamales, Sandra has talked about them. She's been selling me or Bob makes them. So for you, is there a certain kind? I know Sandra was mentioning the cheese ones, but what about you? Is there a certain one that you lean into?
2: Um, I mean, the cheese ones are really good, but I think my favorite are the pork,
1: the red chili pork ones. I really? love those. Wow. So, okay. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I didn't, wasn't too sure if I was going to expect you know uh puerco de con con rojo i wasn't too sure about that i'm a, really? I'm, a I'm a very simple i'm a very simple girl <laughs> on christmas like when i get my tamales i like like you're like queso con raja or it's just or i'll just go okay. for like or i'll just go like frijoles <laughs> like if you just give me a tamal de frijoles i'll be a happy camper like i don't need a whole whole lot uh for sure but i was just curious cuz i'm like you know there's some families that really do a big there's some families that do like they're like the everything. Like they do pozole, they do mole, oh, yeah. tamales. Like <laughs> we don't do all that. We just focus on tamales. But I was just curious of like you, you guys like go heavy. Or if you're heavy hitters and, and do it all, but we we just stick to the the tamales on on my side of the other family. So I was like, I'm curious. I want I want to ask her uh, for sure. But I mean. That is something that you said you're going to miss. It's a different it's a different soccer culture, right? It's a different culture general when you're coming from Liga Mexicano and then coming in uh, to to NWSL. But again, with that announcement video, I do love that there was a moment where you had uh, you were buying some. It looked like some tacos from a from a truck right outside. That was really. Cool yeah. Too. I want to ask for people behind the scenes. What kind of tacos did you order? Or was it just a prop? <laughs> it, <laughs> It was honestly just a prop.
2: Oh, but I no. would have I I would have ordered probably some asada
1: tacos. There we go. We got a confirmation. If, if Maria's <laughs> going to be ordering tacos are going to be there asada right on. I want to thank you Maria for joining us today. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, I would love to have you back on as the season uh progresses and, and and checking with you and see what the how things are going with Houston. We always want to thank our listeners uh at the end of the episode. For, for joining us and listening along as always once again Maria thank you for being here uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third we're on Apple Podcast Spotify Stitcher anywhere you listen to your podcast shows you can leave us a five star review on Spotify and on Apple Podcast with a question and Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment we're also available as video subscribe to us on YouTube is youtube.com slash Attacking Third and we'll be back with more NWFL content for you all in the future for Sandra at Lisa Roman and Maria Sanchez this was Attacking third.